Well, I am so happy to have the opportunity to be able to share with you guys what God has put on my heart for you. And I want you to know that I have been praying for you by name. I have been praying for your children, for your husband and wife, if you're married. You guys are so much more to me than a number that I get to check off or a way to build SUM up in Chicago. I really love you. I want the best for you. I want you to see all of God's plans unfold in your life. Amen? Amen. And I think God is doing an awesome thing. We have seven new students this year. I think the ones that have been around can attest that that is amazing. <laughs> it's always, you know, one or two lingering in. But man, seven new students with a total of 19 full-time students this year. <laughs> to me, when I look at that, it's just a small picture of what God is doing in the, this church and what God is doing in MPI. And I know that revival is coming. And I know that what you guys are committing your lives to is going to help save this city because we're building up powerful soldiers. We're not playing games, right? We're not fanky the funk. We're living in a world where it's a fake it to make it type of world, but that's not here. We can't fake it to make it here. You can't fake it to make it when you're in Jesus. Because the Bible is very clear that you will reap what you sow. So I want you to just hear my heart this morning. I love you. I started like that. But if you are in this room and you are not for real, and God knows your heart, he knows the innermost parts of your heart, of your thought life, the things that you do when no one is looking, he is there. I don't have to babysit you. Pastor Joe doesn't have to be there or anybody else. He is there and he knows the secrets of your heart and the secrets of your life. And if you are here to fake it, this place is not for you. The Bible says that we reap what we sow. So please, sow good things right now so that you can reap a harvest that is promised to you, that is coming. You will not reap a harvest if you are sowing bad seed into bad ground, into bad soil. You will not. You cannot be a blessed minister of the gospel when you spend your time in Bible college cheating on your tests or lying on your SOA as little as, hey, I worked out when you really didn't. When you say, hey, I watched four chapels and I filled it in, but you really didn't. You will not reap good things if you sow that type of stuff into your life right now. If you are sowing sinful things, you will not reap a harvest. You will reap what you sow. We cannot fake it in Jesus. Our sin finds us out, right? Haven't we seen that happen over and over again? Sin will find you out. It will expose you. And even the littlest things that you may think are little, but they're big to God. Your integrity, 
You're saying yes when it should have been no or no when it should have been yes. You know, people get a little comfortable because they're like, well, nobody knows. I've been doing it for a while and I'm getting away with it. I want you to trust me, okay? As a person that loves you and has been through Bible college, has had to go through times of restoration in my life, trust me, your time will run out. So, that was just my little heart to you. (laughs) I want to talk to you guys today about the marks of a true disciple. And I know that we're a discipleship church. I am fully aware that you know what it means to be a disciple. I am fully aware that many of you guys are in the 201 class and you're learning that disciples are free and disciples are holy and disciples have a a blessed family, right? And they know how to take care of their home and all those things. And I'm sure if we wrote them down, we could come up with a huge list of what marks a true disciple. But today I'm going to share just a few that the Lord put on my heart when I was thinking of you. I want you to understand that you will not make it in this room today, starting today, till graduation of SUM without being a true disciple. You will not make it living above reproach if you are not a true disciple. You will not make it into heaven if you are not a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And my first point is that true disciples follow when he calls. Matthew 4, 18 through 22. He's putting it up on the screen for me. I'm going to look at what it looked like when Jesus called his disciples to him. It says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. They were working hard. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people at once. Can you say at once? At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them and immediately, say immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. True disciples move immediately when Jesus calls. See, Jesus didn't have to take them out to dinner and explain to them what the next three years were going to look like, who they were going to be in this world, the disciples that were going to come after them, us in this room that would finally appear, you know, because of their faithfulness. He didn't have to explain himself to them for them to get up and follow him. He didn't have to tell their parents, hey, I'm going to take good care of your boys or go to their wives and children and say, hey, I'm going to take care of your husband. You know, don't worry about him. He's going to come with me. I'm actually Jesus. I'm actually the Savior of the world. He didn't have to do that. As soon as he said, follow, the, follow me, they said, oop, 
I'm done. I leave my boat. I leave my career. I leave my father. And I go after Jesus. And I remember, I know there's some people in this room that have given up some things to follow Jesus. But really, we count them as waste, right? They're nothing compared to knowing him and knowing the glory that he has for us and following the call that he has on our lives. But I remember when I first started Bible college, I thought that the people in my life were going to support me. I really did. And the ones that I thought were going to support me the most were actually the ones that were against me the most. They were the ones telling me it's not a real school. You're not going to be able to do anything with that degree. You're not going to be able to take care of your child because I was a single mom. What are you going to do with that degree? How are you going to, how are you going to take care of Olivia? The ones that I thought would support me the most were against me. But I tell you, I heard his voice and he told me, Lauren, follow me. And I trusted and I obeyed because I'm a true disciple. And when true disciples here follow me from Jesus, they immediately drop what they're doing and go. And it doesn't matter if their mommy says no, their daddy says no, their husband says no. It does not matter in that point. If they're trying to stand in the way of your life for Jesus, you got to push them aside. Don't ever forget your entire, for the entire time that you are a Christian, until you meet Jesus, until you die. <laughs> Don't ever forget the follow me. Through all the other voices, don't ever forget that he's saying, follow me. Amen? The next thing is that disciples know Jesus and he knows them. The Bible says in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, there's a lot of people that claim to know Christ. But it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, or Master, Master, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not drive out demons in your name and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. So it's a little confusing here because you're seeing people that Jesus doesn't really know, yet they're still doing miracles. They're still prophesying. They're still doing those type of things in his name. And you got to understand, it doesn't matter who's saying the name. The name still has power. The name of Jesus never loses its power. It doesn't matter if the person's heart is not right. See, so you can never look at someone's life and be, man, they work in the prophetic. They must know Jesus. The gifts that God has put inside of us are not a marker that we know him. 
I can heal people all day long if I have the gift of healing. I could prophesy over your life if I have the gift of prophecy. It doesn't mean that I know him. It doesn't mean I've been sitting at his feet. It doesn't mean that I've been reading my word. The gifts are irrevocable. So don't ever look at someone and be like, wow, look at them. Woo. Because we have to understand that it's never us anyway. It's the spirit of God inside of us. The only reason that I can work in the prophetic is because the spirit of God is inside of me. It's never me. It's never you. You work in the gift of healing, great. It's Jesus anyway. Don't get so proud that you get it mixed up. It's never been about us. We are literally nothing without him. There is no power in my hands alone. There is no power in you alone. Get it right today. Do not get it twisted. Do not get a big head because you can prophesy. Because there's people that will prophesy and they will stand before Jesus and he'll say, I never knew you. You don't want to be that person. So I'm telling you, Bible college students, if you don't have a devotional life, if you don't spend time with Jesus, it's time to do that now. It's time to get a real devotional life. It's time to read your Bible. It's time to get close to Jesus because you can fake it with us, but you're not going to fake it on that day. You have to know him. And the only way to get to know him is to spend time with him, right? We know we have a new couple Right here in SUM, we call this Bridal College. If you didn't know, welcome. Welcome to Bridal College. You will find your mate here and you will get married. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Half kid, half kid. But we have a new couple, right? Jackie and Lawrence. Right? It's known. Come on, quit playing like you guys don't know. Why are you putting me on the spot like that? Like I just like blew them up and, and revealed their secret. But listen, if they didn't talk... You think they would get to know each other? How do they get to know each other? How can he know what's in her heart and her know what's in his heart and know their dreams and their plans and the future and all of these things that God has put inside of them? Because they have to talk. They have to listen. They have to spend time together. They have to talk on the phone. They have to giggle and do all that stuff. Listen, you have to spend time with Jesus to know him. Come on, true disciples are not after the miracle. They are after the miracle worker. Sometimes I get these ideas in my head when I'm around disciples, other people that love Jesus. Mostly it happens when I'm around uh, Pastor Joe and Nancy. Because Pastor Joe will go into these different roles very quickly. At one moment, he'll be teasing me. And the next moment, he's teaching me something, you know. And sometimes it helps me realize what Jesus was like. How real of a relationship that is. Where he can be, poke fun at me and then teach me a lesson, you know. The disciples and Jesus were real people. They laughed together. They talked together. They spent time. I'm sure they did pranks. You put these three guys, four guys in a room together, they're going to do a lot of crazy stuff that probably girls are not going to do. <laughs> you guys know it's true. <laughs> but come on. Dudes just chilling, hanging out, allowing the master to go 
from intimate friend to master and teacher. You need to allow Jesus to have that place in your life. You've got to spend time with Jesus. I know I'm talking to someone in here. You could be a third year. You could be a second year. I don't care who you are. I'm telling you and I'm begging you, if you don't have a devotional life, get one. Fight for it. You're bored? Do it anyway. You can't pray? Pray anyway. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11:6 that it's impossible to please God without faith, right? And those that come to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Do you want to know what the number one reward of those who earnestly seek him is? They find him. That is the number one reward you get. You get his presence. You get to hear his voice. You get to be close to him. He rewards you with what you're seeking for. Have you guys ever lost anything? I remember a while ago, I lost my rings. These are pretty important. And I remember I went to, I was actually going to Nancy's house a long time ago, and she lived in a different place. And I was putting lotion on my hands, and I took my rings off and put them on the door. And when I opened the door, obviously I didn't notice. They fell on the ground. I went in the house. I went home. And I didn't notice until I went home. My rings are gone. Where are my rings? Then I started blaming everyone that has come to my house that they stole them. But <laughs> let's put that to the side. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, forgive me for thinking everyone is a thief. <laughs> but then I'm thinking, like, man, let me retrace my steps. And that feeling that I had inside of me, like, oh, I got to find them. I just want to find them. That's all I want. Like, I'll be fine if I find them. I retraced my steps. I go back to her house, park where I was, open the door, and there they are on the ground. And I can't even explain to you the relief, the feeling I felt Oh, they're not lost. They're here. I found what I was looking for. Dude, God is not pl playing hide and seek with you. He's not telling you, hey, come find me, and then you can't find him. I know there's other religions that talk about that. They're gods. You can't find them. They're playing, literally playing peekaboo with you and hide and seek. God is not playing hide and seek with you. He tells you that when you earnestly seek him, he will reward you with what you're looking for. You will find him. Amen? The third point I have is that true disciples obey. I know we hear this all the time. I believe it's John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey my commands. I know there's a lot of times I use this on the streets when evangelizing. It's like everybody loves God on the streets, you know. Hey, do you know God? Yeah, I love God. The next question is, well, do you obey his commands? Because the Bible says if you love him, you obey his commands. But it's not only for them out there. It's for us in this room here too. If you love Jesus, as many times as you have heard this, do not let it go old. Get it old to you. If you love Jesus, you obey him. 
If you don't love Jesus, that's why you're not obeying him. It's not an obedience problem. It's a love problem. Love him. Draw close to him and obey him. And the faster you understand that the commands of God are not burdensome, they're actually safety for you. They're a safe place for you to be. I know you guys all listened to that message that I had put up. I don't know if all of you did. Most of you did. We don't know what's coming after. See, when the devil comes to us with temptation or our sinful desires, it doesn't always have to be the devil. Sometimes we give him a little bit too much credit. But if the devil comes to us or our own sinful flesh comes to us with that temptation, it doesn't remind you about the bad, right? It's all a facade. It's all a lie. It only reminds you of the party. It only reminds you of the fun you had, the pleasure, the feeling that you had. It doesn't remind you of the nights that you were puking over the toilet and you couldn't get up or that you, you know, left your kids in the car because you wanted to go get high. You know, it doesn't remind you of those type of things where you lost everything, where you were hopeless, where you were alone, where you were in places you never thought you would be where you're getting an abortion and you told yourself in your entire life, I would never kill a child in my womb. It doesn't remind you of those things. You have to look past the temptation and understand what comes next. It will always lead you to destruction. It will always destroy you. There is not a sin that will leave you in a good place. Do not be deceived. There is not one sin that will lead you to life. Not one. Small one, big one, I don't care. You could pick any of them. They're not going to lead you to life. Every single one will lead you to destruction. Disciples obey Jesus and they see his commands as safety. I love the commands of God because it's going to give me a blessed home. I love the commands of God because it's going to keep me safe in my marriage. It's going to bless my children. I love the commands of God because I'm saved. It doesn't matter what comes my way. Even if it were persecution, I am safe. Your soul is safe. Obey his commands. My last and final point is true disciples stay. John 6, 60 through 68. I know we've all heard this before. Jesus had a lot of disciples. He didn't only have the 12. The 12 are who made it. But he had a lot of disciples that were following him. And he's starting to teach them things. He's starting to teach them that he is the bread of life. Right? That eternal life is through him. That if you eat of him, of his flesh, and drink of his blood. You'll never thirst again, those type of things. And on hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? 
Come on now. This is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? Oh, I didn't know when I was going to get into 201 that they were going to get all up in my business. I didn't know that they were going to expect me to have my home in order and expect me to tithe off of my hard work. I didn't know that they were going to hold me back in 201 for five plus years because they still see things in my life that are not right. Come on, there's some hard teachings. But true disciples stay. True disciples endure and persevere. Jesus rebukes them a little bit. Does this offend you guys? Defends you? He knew what he was doing. Go um, to 66, please. Go to 65, please. There you go. <laughs> so he's rebuking them. No one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. And from this time, Many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Do you want to know why there's six of us on the staff of MPI, not including Pastor Joe and Nancy, and not 16, not 25? Because we're the ones that stayed. I started Bible college just like you guys. I had besties that were next to me that would dream with me of the things that were going to happen in Chicago. I had people next to me dreaming about where God was going to send them to the nations. Dreaming of trips like you just took. I had a friend that wanted to go to Macedonia. I mean, we couldn't pray one time without her mentioning, I am going to Macedonia. As soon as something happened in her life, as soon as she lost somebody that she loved, it was over. The devil lied to her that we don't care. We didn't care about the loss that she experienced, which is such a lie from the pit of hell. And she blew it all up. I have friends that their husbands had left them, got someone else pregnant, went and went cray-cray out in the world. And then turns atheist, no longer serving Jesus. And then the wife follows, right? No longer serving Jesus either because of what happened to her. 
the storms of life came and they weren't building their life upon the rock. And as soon as that wind blew, it knocked them right over. True disciples stay regardless of what's going on in their life. There is six of us on staff and many of us have had to go to, through a time of restoration. Many of us have faced trials and things in our life that we never thought we would have to go through. But do you know what we did? We stayed. We stayed put. Because even when the winds blew, even when things were coming at us, we still were standing. Because we built our life on the rock. Because we did the things that true disciples do. We were spending time with Jesus. I want you guys to get that this morning. I don't speak anything bad against your marriages, against your children, anything like that. I started this by telling you I am literally praying for you by name and your children and your families and your husbands and whatever else that you have. I'm praying that God blesses it and touches it. But listen to me. If your husband wants to go cray-cray and go into the world, or your wife wants to go cray-cray and do some crazy stuff and turn her back on Jesus or turn his back on Jesus, you stay. You don't go with them. If your children start acting cray-cray and go into the world and do things that you never thought that they would do, you stay. If your best friend ends up leaving and doesn't want to serve God anymore, you stay. If your favorite pastor on staff decides to live a wicked life and go into the world, you stay. You live for Jesus. You do what true disciples do. Because true disciples don't do that. They stay even when hard things happen. Even if they have sin in their life and need to go through a time of restoration, they stay, they endure. Come on, humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Amen. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Before you all want to walk out that door, because of the lies of the enemy, because you think you're big, bad Bible college students and you could preach better than Pastor Joe. <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it. I'm just kidding. But you might get there. You might start thinking, you know, get that pride in your heart. Kind of like the devil. <laughs> well, the devil thought he was like God, right? He could do what God is doing. I'm not calling Pastor Joe God, but <laughs> I'm just saying, if you ever get to a place where you think you're big and bad and you could preach better and you're so charismatic and look at the people following you and all they're doing is stroking your ego and telling you how awesome you are and how you can go and do this on your own and all that stuff, I beg you to humble yourself before the Lord. Day. Amen? 
true disciples stay. Let's read. He went on, oh, 67. Jesus is talking. He said, you do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the 12. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. Where else are we going to go? True disciples know they have nowhere else to go. Where am I going to go? Back to my old life? Like, uh-uh. You are going to be one of two individuals, and it is completely your choice. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, Jesus is teaching the Sermon of the Mount. Amazing things. I mean, he's just going and teaching and teaching and teaching. And then he tells them, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, everything that he has taught and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man, a false disciple, a fake disciple, who built his house on sand. He built his house on giving prophetic words, right? On working in the gifts of the Spirit without any foundation. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I know that everybody in this room, most everybody, has seen this happen with your very own eyes. You have watched some people that you have looked up to. You have watched some people that you went to Bible college with, people that you thought would still be around serving Jesus. You have watched the storms of life come and take them out. We have examples in our church over and over of like the girl I just said, she had a loss in the family and it crushed her. The streams rose and whoosh, her house was gone. She blew it all up. And yet we have another disciple who lost his mother and yet he keeps going and he's still standing and he's still giving Jesus his all. What was the difference? He was a true disciple that was putting the words of Jesus into practice in his life. So Bible college students in this room, if you are new, if you are third year, old, whatever you are, always remember that he says, follow me and true disciples move immediately. Always remember that true disciples know him and he knows them. Spend time with him. Be close to him. Love him. If you love him, you will obey him. And stay put. 
even if life isn't working out the way you thought it would be. Even if you have to stay in a discipleship program longer than necessary in your mind. I want you to understand something too. When we come at you as pastors, if we correct you, rebuke you, and use the word of God to build you up, encourage you, when we tell you you're not graduating 201 or you're not moving on from this or you need to stay put or you need to stop saying prophetic words because you need to get junk out your life. When we come to you with that, you got to understand that we have the fear of God when we do that because you know that we're going to stand before him for every word that we say to you. We're not playing games. We're not telling you to go into a discipleship class to punish you. We have the fear of God. We have to do these things right. If we come and correct you and rebuke you, it's with the fear of God. And if we've done it wrong and you think we're wrong, trust me, we will stand before Jesus. We are not playing games here. I'm not playing games with this cohort. And we are not playing games in this church be true disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. Lawrence, if you could come to the keys just for a second as we close out. I'm going to have you guys come to the front for a moment. We have just a few minutes. Come on, Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Come on, tell him you love him. We will obey. We will spend time with you. God, we will be true disciples. Come on, if you are in this room, and you haven't been having a devotional life, you haven't been spending time with Jesus like you're supposed to. If you're in 201, you're supposed to write down, you've been putting an hour there when you really haven't been doing it. I want you to repent to God right now. If you have not been being still in his presence, listening to his voice, repent right now. Start today. Get a devotional life. Get a prayer life. If you've allowed bitterness to come in your heart from a rebuke or from anything that a leader has told you, I want you to repent. And I want you to tell Jesus you trust him, that you will stay. You will stay close to him. And don't get it twisted. There are people that have left this church and are doing well and going to other churches. What I'm talking about are people that have left and they don't even serve God. Come on, we trust you, Jesus. We trust you, Jesus. Come on, I want some of you, maybe like three, to uh, volunteer to pray out what God has put on your heart after hearing this message. We're going to start with Jackie. Amen. 
Lord God, I trust you for everything you place in my hands, Lord. Even when I don't know what to do with it, even when I feel like it's too heavy or it's too much, God, we trust that. Um, I trust that you have given me the wisdom to know what to do with it. I trust you every time you say, follow me, even when I don't have the things to follow you, God. When I feel like I don't have enough, when I feel like I can't do it because it seems too high, because it seems too hard, God, I trust you that you know what you're telling me and that you're telling me at the proper time, Lord. Lord God, I, I pray right now that I would keep my eyes on you, Lord, that I would have the fear of the Lord as I speak to other people, that I would have the fear of the Lord as I rebuke other people, God, that I would have that heart to know that um, that you want the best for them, Lord, and it's not it's not what I see in my eyes, but it's what you, you have placed in my eyes, Lord God, that I would trust you in everything that I do, God. I trust you, God. I trust you. It's not enough to say it. It's not enough to say it, God. I will walk it. I will walk that trust. I will walk in faith and not by sight, Lord. We will follow you, Lord God. I thank you for what you're doing in my life. And I pray for my brothers and sisters to do the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Dear Father God, Lord. I just thank you for everything that you are doing, God. I thank you for this word, Lord. This word spoke so much to me, Lord. And just forgive me, God. Forgive me for not spending time with you. Forgive me for not getting to know you, brother, Lord. Forgive me for making excuses, God. And forgive my brothers and sisters if they are doing it as well, Lord. But today that changes, God. We will all become true disciples for you, God. We want you to use us, Lord. Use us to reach this lost city, God. With everything going down the way it is, Lord, we need to be the light, Lord. And in order to be the light, we need to know you, God. We need, you need to, we need to be able to have you in our hearts, Lord, so that we can project your, you, Lord. And Lord, yes, I just thank you, Lord, for everything, God. And I just pray, Lord, for yes, for yes, for us to just fall more and more in love with you, Lord. Today begins a new chapter in our lives, God. And let us just fall in love with you and know you in ways that we have never known you before, God. And that we never lose that fire for you, God. No matter what life brings, God, that it just brings us closer to you. That we still remember how great you are, God. And how you have always been there, Lord. How you have always been there when we were deep in that pit, Lord, and we were in this world, and we were lost, and we were alone, God, you were always there, God. Let us never forget the love that you have given us, God, the love that you have demonstrated time and time again, the times that we have fallen short of your glory, God, that you have still been there to pick us up, God. Lord, we love you so much. I love you so much, God. Let me never forget how I was back then, Lord. Let me remember the consequences of my actions, God. Let me never fall into that temptation, Lord, where the devil just reminds me of the good times and not the bad, God. Let me remember everything, Lord. And let me remember, Lord, your love, Lord, when I am feeling down, when I am feeling alone, Lord, let me just, just fill me with your presence, Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and remind me of the good times that you have given me and you will always give me, Lord, the promises, the promise you have told me, Lord. The promises over my children's life, over my marriage, over my family, God. And I know, Lord, that you have so many great things for me, Lord. You have so many great things that you are going to use me, God. I just love you so much, God, and I just thank you for everything, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord God, that you saw the fear, you saw fear into my heart, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that I will not, I thank you, Lord, that we are having, we have this foundation, God. I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that you died on the cross. Lord, I repent of my ways where I thought I was being obedient, but instead, Lord, I was being a hypocrite, Lord. I repent of my ways when I try to lie. And every time I try to see my, every time I was prideful, Lord, I repent from those ways, Lord. God, how much it broke my heart when people thought that they, they were called to the nations, how much they were, they were called to be a part of ministry, how much it broke my heart, God. How much it broke my heart, Lord, when people thought that they had big things stored in them. But when reality, Lord, when, one, when something happens, God, when life hits them, Lord, all of a sudden they draw away. They're too scared to see the future. They're too scared to accept their feelings. They're too scared to acknowledge you, Lord. How much it broke my heart, Lord. Father, I pray that our foundation will be on you for the rest of our lives, that we won't pursue anything else but you, Lord. It won't be a matter of fact for emotions. It's not about the hype, Lord God. It's not about just about, it's not about how we, how much we see the miracles. It's about seeing the miracle worker, Lord God. It's not about seeing the man who, who, did, who did amazing things, Lord. It's about seeing the love that has been poured onto us. Father, have your way, Lord. And when I say have your way, I mean, I mean, Lord, when I, when I mean have your way, Lord God, I mean, I mean in the way where we are able to be reignited once again, because this is a new chapter of life, a new season of our life, Lord. Let us have a fresh new passion, Lord God. Let us have a fresh new fire to pursue ministry, to pursue you, to pursue our devotions, to pursue our ministries, Lord. Just let us have our way, Lord God. Have our, our let, let your way be installed into our life, Lord. Lord God, thank you, Lord, for just being so kind for being so loving, Lord, for being so, for being such an amazing Father, for being such an amazing God, that there's no one like you, Lord. And when we, when we sing, there is no one like you, and when we say there is no one like you, there is no one like you. And we'll pursue, and I pray that we'll pursue you to the very end of the age. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your presence that is so tangible right now, God. And we know that we can make it, God. That we don't have to be a statistic. That we don't have to be like the stories that I told up here, God. Lord, we don't have to do it wrong to learn to do it right, God. I pray that every person in this room would grasp that today, Lord. That they would be true disciples. That's all it takes is just being real, just being a real disciple, a real follower of Jesus. That's all it takes. God, and you do the rest. So we thank you for today. We pray that you would bless the rest of this day as they go on to their classes. God, I just pray that you would continue to stir things up in their spirit. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. And